Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Course Podcast. And today we have a special guest. Not only do we have mum, but we also have Pedro Marin, who is a certified financial planner with over eight years experience in the Australian financial services. Hello, Pedro. Hey, Laura. How are you doing? <laughs> That's a great Aussie accent you have. I know, right? Yeah. I'm, Hello, um, Pedro. Hey, how are you doing, Lynn? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you tonight, Laura? I'm not do- too bad, Mum. Um, wish I was out in bush with you, but it's you know, not too bad being here in the city, so I won't complain. Um, but I thought, yeah, we've, we've discussed this, Mum and I have discussed this, and we thought it would be good to get a someone with more experience in the financial side of the world mm. um, to give some more in-depth advice for people who are considering leaving their partners or have left their partners, and they really need, really, it's getting some free legal um, general advice. Did you want to put your proviso in? Yeah, there? yeah, actually, that was great. Um, I'm putting a big, big asterisk right before we have a chat. Um, that obviously all that we're discussing tonight, or today, or tonight, whatever time you're listening to this, uh, it's in general kind only. So it does not relate to your particular circumstances. But it is a great tool to get your your mind going into well, what you know, what are the points that should I be aware of? Uh, I'm telling you the story of from the other side, I guess, from the pro, uh, practitioner side uh, that I see every day, and I, I wish many Australians uh, would would know this before parting ways because it would make your life totally different. Uh, but yeah, that's that's just a big asterisk, Laura. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so like we said with with lawyers, you know, Mum and I do this podcast because you know basically it's what we wish. Well, lawyers wish you would have done before you left and, yeah. you know, what you – isn't that right, Mum? So it's kind of the same with the finance side? Absolutely, absolutely. And we're talking uh, generally always. But, yes, it's the side of people, Pedro, that we don't see in, in our various professions. We see them usually after they've taken steps along a path that, mm. um, yes, weren't the optimal steps. That's right, isn't it? So, yes, we do yeah, this to, to give people information before they make the boo-boos. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So it, you you will understand from what we discussed tonight that, that that we're not recommending you do absolutely anything before discussing with a professional, but it's something that we ask questions that you may not know. Um, there will be questions or topics that I'll be touching today that you might consider, actually, yeah, I didn't think of that. But it's not just go and do this. It's absolutely not the case. It's just mostly understanding what are your options, what are the things you should be looking out for, um, what, are, what, what, what is something that you might not be aware of, uh, or, yeah, just, just asking plain, simple questions and, and give you case studies that I, I've been encountered uh, through my career. Yeah, so basically we're going to um, go through three episodes and this episode today is going to be based on, you know, before you really left, you know, the beginnings um, and we're going to touch on financial abuse, um, mm. looking for red flags in your accounts, like yeah. forensic accounting. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and things to do with your super yeah. and getting financial advice um, 
and you know how to get a handle on your finances correct um, yeah. before without having to rely on somebody else so that's what we're going to focus on for this episode we'll have some others that is mm. during your divorce and after your divorce with financial things uh, all to do with money that yeah. nobody really wants to talk about but Pedro does so that's yeah. great oh, I love it <laughs> <laughs> so so let's get started let's get into it mm. now um I think there might be two different versions of what financial abuse is. Correct. And not everybody experiences financial abuse, but it's a good idea to cover it because, you know, just in case you're in it and you don't realise it. That's, so it's, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So when, when someone just, even if you just Google financial abuse, uh, it, there are many cases where it's not just controlling your money. So it's not just being, hey, because most individuals would look at financial abuse from the, um, someone who's old that uh, I've seen cases where individuals will hold their medicine and if you give me my allowance or if you give me a portion of my inheritance before uh, yeah it's it's really it's it's really full on but if you look at it from a, a female perspective uh, th- there can be many ways that you've been abused and you probably don't know um, I've had cases where females have been uh, the male has open account for, of, of forged signatures of his wife uh, just because they have a gambling addiction mm. and they, the, the female wouldn't be, they're not aware of. Um, so others would be uh, maybe, th- this is one I wanted to make sure that you also are aware of, that maybe the male doesn't want you to grow financially. So they putting a stop on your career. Uh, they're like, no, no, you shouldn't study. Or that's financially, that, for me, that's financial abuse because everyone's limit is, is they put themselves. Mm. So if someone tells you, no, you should probably just, you know, don't, don't worry about your career. I got your back. You know, we're doing well. Personally, I, I, I will consider that like, t- to some degree um, of some abuse because you're your mind. And if you're in a, in a relationship and it ends, well, the only thing you can take from it is knowledge. Mm. Um, so I guess that's where we want to make sure that everyone's aware that financial abuse is not just money um, that we're looking at, but there's also uh, forging of signatures. Uh, it could be insurance. It could be uh, credit cards. It could be loans. Um, actually, also, you, you may be not aware of, but uh, your your partner can be borrowing money from your home loan and then use it for other, other purposes, um, which comes to the point that it, – that we want to discuss, which is red flags. Mm. Um, there are many red flags that I've seen over the years, and you're going to be shocked when I tell you this. Mm. Uh, these are cases that are real-life scenarios. Yeah. Um, for example. Oh, I, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Just before we get into the red flags, Mom, did you have anything you wanted to add to what financial abuse is? Yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Pedro, and they're really good warning signs. I think also uh, over the years I've come across a number of people who've been forced to uh, go into loans or Mm. take money out on their mortgage uh, just to buy another vehicle or, you know, where they're not their heart and their head says no, but hubby says yes and and then um, they're stuck with the consequences. So yes, and and it's recognised under the under the domestic violence legislation as a as a form of abuse that people need to be protected from. Okay, absolutely. Cool. So, what are some red flags then, Pedro, that you can uh, um, look out for? I think one of one of the, the 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 big one is if you look at your, for example, if you have a, a home loan, and over the years you see that that home loan's value is not decreasing. 
that's a red flag because why would it not decrease, especially in such a low interest rate environment? Your home loan should decrease over time. So that's a red flag. Maybe someone's funneling money out of it and you're not aware of because clearly if, if, if you look at two, three years down the track and your home loan is like that, not moving, that's one. Uh, you- so, so just to stop you there. So yeah. to, people should be making sure that they're watching their home loans. Not Absolutely. Just, not just imagining that whatever's happening is happening and just nope. check in and make sure that the money is going where it's supposed to be going. And yeah. That's something that everyone probably should you know, I hate looking at money and dealing with it, but, you know, it's important. It's something I'm forcing myself to do. So that's something everyone who's listening now, whether they're being in a financial abuse situation or not. Correct. Check it out. I would. I would. It. Yeah, I yeah. would encourage. It, it, I tell this to every single client I deal with that it has to make sense to you. Mm. So if it, I, I think I've, I've, I've discussed this with many. It's like if it makes sense to me, it has to make sense to you. So if you look at, if you go to the bank and you, because you're in this loan, so your name is in the loan. So you can just go, hey, can you please show me the transactions? And if it makes sense, the money comes in, interest is being paid. That's it. It's as simple as money comes in and interest being taken out. That's it. That's the only transactions you want to see there. Unless you're putting maybe extra payments or you're in a more complicated environment, but I, I'm not going to touch that, but so there are some options where um, your employer sometimes can pay your loan for you. But in a simple way, money comes in, interest comes out. Okay. That's as simple as those debits and credits. So if you don't know where to find that information, you could go to the bank yeah. and say, my name's on the loan. Yeah. Can you give me a printout or show me what's going on with it? Yeah, and you should ask any questions you want because obviously you're entitled to. And you can stay there as long as you want. That person should be able to explain to you and you should walk out saying, I understand what's going on. Perfect. Okay, cool. So that's one. Yes. What else? Um, another red flag. I guess one one was um, physical mail increasing. So I, I remember looking at this this meme a while ago where it was the night in the nineties. Uh, physical mail was oh my god, physical mail, and oh my god, I got an email. And now the opposite happens. Oh my god, those this those, all these emails that I can't standing, and oh my god, physical mail is on the yeah. is on my post. Uh, so if you look at that, it, for me, it's a red flag because if you're not expecting that size, usually they're all either a, a fine yeah. or a the bank trying to tell you something. So if your mail starts to increase and you do not look at it, so if it's for example your husband is the one in charge or your t- son. Try to have a look. If you can see that the, the volume of mail is increasing, I don't know. It just doesn't – it just seems fishy. Yeah. Um, also, being asked to sign random paperwork, do not – please, anyone who's listened to this, doesn't matter how much you trust everyone in your life, but just do not sign anything that you do not understand because it could happen. In a tick, you can sign off your life away. Um, and that's, that's for me, is a red flag. If someone asks you, hey, can you please sign this? We just don't worry about reading it. Mm. Why? Like the, the first question would be why? Can yeah. I please read it? Yeah. Um, Do you come across that, Mum? Any situations where clients have done that? Yes, yes, and and um, the law is very strong on that. It ventures into commercial law when you sign things with third parties, like banks or or, for instance, a finance company or whatever. At when someone else asks you to, you you then have a terrible time later on saying, "Oh, but I was being oppressed. I, I was." being financially controlled by my partner, uh, 
the commercial law doesn't work that way. The premise of of our commercial law system is that if you put your signature on something, other people should be able to rely on it. So it's a very extraordinary circumstance where you could get an excuse and wiggle out of something. Um, like Pedro said, if you've put your name on it, you're in it. Um, and there's no sort of grey area like there is in family law. And so you really do have to be careful. I've, I come across that a lot. Okay. Yeah. I think in my experience with, with females and males uh, that uh, males are more logical driven. So it's all numbers. <laughs> it's all, it all makes sense. So I'll, I'll take the numbers. Most males. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Most males. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And female, yeah, and females are more on the human side. So, uh, you know, I empathize with the family and, and, and the, they just don't really, they, they not really, uh, I'm not into numbers. You deal with, with the bank. Well, it's a traditional role. I think that that is being challenged now, but the traditional mm. olden days role was the, the men did that and the women didn't. So yeah, it's it's kind of still filtered into this. Yeah, gem, and and it does. It feels sometimes like oh well, that's something he'll look after. Yeah. I don't need to worry about it. I would, for example, every time I get and I get this a lot that that the male comes to for for as a financial planner say, hey, I'm talking to you, and I said, where is your partner? Oh no no she 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 should be fine. I'll, I'll explain that. No, so I'll stop the meeting there. I need your partner here because I need. She's going to sign something. I legally am binded that to to make sure that she tells me. I understand what you're telling me, Pedro. I know what this is happening. Great. Now you can sign. Mm. Um. So I get that a lot. I will stop the meeting at on the spot and I like, no, I'm sorry. I, I need your as a unit. Yeah. And, and for both of you to sign documents uh, and for, for both of you to understand. Um, one of the other things I, I think I, I pointed out was that also you may receive random phone calls from financial institutions. Mm. Why would someone call you from, say, ANZ or CBA or whichever? Hi, Pedro. Um, this is whatever from this branch, just making sure that, you know, and if you don't have a bank or you, you don't have an account with that bank, red flag. Yeah. Why would someone know your name and your phone number? with an original query mm. or a genuine query, and that for me is a red flag. Mm. Um, I would go to that bank and ask questions. So if they called you and you're like, I don't have, so you'd contact the bank or go into a bank and say, I got this phone call, can you explain to me what's going on? Correct. And I think, mum, if I'm right, if it's during a divorce and it's a joint account or if you've been shut out, to, to, is that when you go down the subpoena route or...? Yeah, if you don't know for sure what's going on or um, so generally everyone starts with a little bit of knowledge and it might be something as flimsy as, oh, we bank with NAB, but he used to have a bank. He used to have a bank account at Commonwealth. I don't know if he ever closed it. Um, and then when during the discovery process, when we're asking his lawyers for material, for documents, nothing gets said about the Commonwealth Bank. Um, sometimes we will issue a subpoena to that bank to see if the money that he had, or usually him, is still in there. I mean, you can't issue subpoenas to every bank. Uh, you can't scattergun approach. Uh, but certainly um, I like to compare what I'm told voluntarily by the other party with what I get with the subpoena. So they don't normally realise I've subpoenaed anyway. Uh, mm. And it's amazing what you can find out. Um, if they reveal the stuff that I already know they should reveal, um, then I say to my client, how much confidence do you have? How far do you want to dig? Do you know? And But years ago, I was just listening to your story about how it is usually the women 
Pedro, and it, it is. Mm. I, I can so shoot me. It is <laughs> suit me. Yeah. But years and years ago, when I was a young article clerk, I think it was in the that mid eighties, I had a client, a lady whose husband was a Westpac bank manager, and she did not know the first thing. She didn't know anything about money. She was completely lost, had never written a cheque. We used to use cheques in those days. Yeah, didn't yeah. know how much the mortgage was. Um, and she was so lost and really oh. of an age where she couldn't start again. Um, fortunately, in that case, the gentleman um, was really good at self-preservation. So he had um, done very well with the money, but she was quite abandoned when he left. So, yes, Girls, we all have to put our big girl panties on and face up to our finances because, you know, everyone, as Pedro said, everyone has the right to have a career and to know where right. their money's going. Absolutely. Mm. And, uh, and with that, I guess when it comes down to, and you, you rightly so said, you want the evidence to stack up against what they're saying. And I, and I also, as a financial planner, I also look at, you can tell me an X amount, but I want the evidence. I want to see a pay slip. I want to see a tax return because it's in your best interest for me to have the, the most adequate data. So, and with that, I will also, whoever's listening and, and, and who's, who's seeing that you're, you're, your marriage or your relationship is, is on, a, on a brink of no return, I would gather data. So because all the practitioners will ask for it. So you would ask for a subpoena, but imagine someone comes along with a statement. Here's the statement. Or me, I would, someone comes to me and it's like, I need to, I need to basically piece all your financial harm together. So for, so for that to make sense to me, and then I'll explain it back to you. It's like, look, this is what I think. You're paying your home loan from this account. You're receiving your, your – your, or both of you are receiving your income on this account, and you're paying your credit card from this account. And it all makes sense. It's on a line. And then you, when I tell you that, you can then confirm, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So in saying that, um, how can – because I think you told me this um, when we were having a chat about it and mm. I was like, oh, this is good information yeah. for the listeners um, because not everyone can afford to see a financial planner. Yes. Um, but it's, it's probably a good idea by the sounds of it just to get some insight. So how can people, you know, afford it if they can't afford it? The, yes, the yes, th there is. It. So basically um, – for the first example is if you go and have a chat to, to a financial practitioner or financial planner, the first meeting, there's no cost because we're, we're, we need to have um, all the data at hand for us to then make some positive recommendations to someone. Before that, I can't say anything. So if you can tell me, yeah, I earn X amount of money, yeah, but I need the data. So then I can make my recommendations. So that that and it's very similar, I guess, with, with the uh, legal aspect uh, of the, the, the lawyers. We call that a discovery meeting. So you have a chat to someone. It won't cost you a cent. Um, even if your case is extremely severe, there are pro bono cases. So I've done pro bono cases when, you know, there is financial abuse. There's, you know, you, you have to be a human and you have to, you know, help each other out. And it somehow comes back to you. Um, so that's the second part. So if you're in a very bad situation, you're in an, in, in an abusive situation, look, there are plenty of practitioners out there that can help you pro bono. If you're not in that type of scenario, also, depending on your particular situation, super can come, can come along and, and, and help you out with the advice. Um, clearly, there is this, there's a law called the sole purpose test. So if super, not all particular cases can help you um, I guess fund or or subsidize that advice piece, 
but it can, it, it's not the end of the, the, the I guess, the road. Um, the, the sole purpose test is basically all your money has to be derived for a retirement purpose. So if, you're, if your super is paying for an advice, it has to be for your retirement because that's that's the where is the, that's the sole purpose of that money yeah. for retirement. That's why that money is in there. So if you're basically going to a financial advisor and say, "Hey, look, this is my situation," possibly that could help in that particular regard. Because you say, "Well, I can now be able to, I don't know, put your investments in super, put your insurances, which is, is something extremely important. Uh, make sure you have a will. Make sure you, everything is set up uh, to 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 just make sure that your your new life." has to be all structured. So hopefully that, that answered your yeah, question. So the sole purpose test, whereabouts can we find, like, can we put in the show notes, like a link to? Um, yes, yeah. yes, that, that's law. That's right. Yeah. So that's on the CIS Act. Um, so, so basically uh, we can put a link so everyone to understand. But the best, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious, the best person to know this by hand to assess the, the, the likeliness of super being able to fund your, your, your financial advice is a financial planner. Okay. So okay. yeah, so it comes down to going to have a chat. There's plenty of website online that, that there's even there's like a Tinder app for planners. It's called <laughs> yeah, it's, it's from the FPA, so the Financial Planning Association of Australia has built up this app where it's called Match My Planner. Oh, okay. So you put what you need, mm-hmm. and basically a planner it will, it will pop with matches. So where are you from, or your your you know your range? How many advices do you want? You want an age bracket? Do you want a, a language spoken, for example? What's it called? Uh, match my planner. Match my planner. All right, we'll put a link to that as well. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, so you can it's find, an app. Find a planner that you're comfortable with. Correct. While you're scrolling. You could Tinder, then go yeah, to the just, just swipe. You don't swipe, but yeah, you get basically, a, yeah. Get a new boyfriend and then go over and get a new financial Can you just okay, imagine cool. having that for lawyers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That'll be fun, Mum. It's very handy. It is yeah. very handy. So go and find yourself a financial planner. Find out if you if you qualify for the sole Correct, sole purpose sole test. Sole purpose yeah. test. And then if you don't, you know, you still get to have that first chat with them. That's right. Yeah. At, at least a chat will, will will help you a lot. Yeah. Only because even if done discovery, I would ask questions that you might not be aware of. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think one of the questions that I get is, um, I don't know if we, we're going to talk about this at this point, but is that if you already have an existing planner, that's when some sometimes it get it gets tricky because many people don't understand that you cannot if you're in a relationship with an original planner that gave you advice for both of you that planner cannot provide advice if there's a split to both of you because we have a fiduciary duty and I know this is I know my, my mustache came out and I now have a, <laughs> a monocle. <laughs> a, a monocle the fiduciary duty is <laughs> but it's essentially um, our legal uh, I guess uh, we need to understand and we need to make sure that what we do is in your best interest. And then there's a conflict of interest. If I'm having, for example, X individual, so a female and a male, well, whose, whose interest I'm going to be working for. So um, you, you need to understand that if you do have a planner, you might either keep it or make sure that you have a new one, but you can't, that person can't deal with both of you. Yeah. And mom, you didn't know that, did you? Neither did I. I didn't know that. But when you think about it, it's as crazy as having one lawyer representing both of you. But I have to say, Pedro, um, thank you for bringing that to my attention because what happens is if people have very complex finances, when they separate, 
the the existing financial planner sometimes tends to be kept on until we we split the profit property. But of course, um, what's good for one party can't be good the best thing for the other party. So now you say Absolutely. it, it's very weird. Um, I I'd be um, I'm going to have a look through some of my old files. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see what's been I've, going. But it's good advice. Yeah, I, I've got. Look, if I'm, I don't know if it's South American with me, but I'll, I'll, I treat my clients like they're my family. And if Ooh, that's the problem, yeah, correct. If, yeah. if someone comes to me, well, look, this is my situation. I have this many shares or whatever. Okay, great. If you're about to split and you don't want to sell those shares, I'll tell you or I'll recommend which shares you should hold based on, uh, you know, based on on current market situations. How am I going to do that for you and then not for the other? That's like me talking to a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> but but not only that, but like you said, a lot of financial planners, if if you have a good relationship, you know, they become a friend Correct. or family, mm. like feel like family or friends. You go to their parties, their weddings, whatever. Mm. Um, you do in as our listeners are probably discovering or will discover in mm. divorce and separation, you have to say goodbye to you know that you lose friends, yep. you lose sometimes family, you know, yep. and so many goodbyes. You lose, you lose gyms, you lose, yeah. you know, yeah. and then you probably lose your financial planner if you're unlucky or lucky, depending on, you know, look, but you could look at it this way and go, it's an opportunity to go and find a new perspective, um, a Correct. fresh start. Get on that Tinder app. That's <laughs> 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 my planner. That's my planner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, is, that is something that, you know, um, I think people maybe don't know, and it's important to know that you need someone in your corner. Yeah, because exactly right. If you if you get into the the, the the mindset that oh no, my planner has this. This is a planner appointed by the court. He should have my back. Yeah, maybe I, I don't know. Like mm. it, who knows? So you can't be working for both individuals and have the back if they're in a in a, in a very bickery kind of fight. You can't. Yeah. So yeah. I um, guess that's. Did we cover everything in then with the super? Um, with the super, yes. Um, I guess dealing with with the planner in in this early stage can and seriously can save you money in the long term. Because, for example, myself, I just try to piece everything together, and I, there's not I can't charge anyone by piecing stuff together. It's not it's just part of my duty. And then that helps you then talk to a lawyer. It's like, oh, look, this is my situation. Now I've got everything pieced together mm. as it stands. Where should I go from here? Yeah. Uh, obviously, the lawyers will do the, their magic, but it's just understanding your situation first. And then you, okay, yes, this makes sense. This money comes in and out. Um, because, oh, I forgot. When it goes down to those red flags, I've seen in firsthand, I remember clearly, and this hopefully doesn't shock many of the listeners, but I remember this time I was with another planner. We both joined um, working with this individual, came along and he was crying. And we we're like, oh, what happened? Oh, look, um, I just broke up with my wife and, you know, this is not, it's not going to come back and, you know, we're going to definitely be splitting. Okay, great. But this planner came along. I would never forget that in my life because these are all of the red flags. If you see your partner purchasing either holidays or going on random um, dinings or something that are uh, big expenses that are put on your credit card. Those are red flags because what happened, the planner said, well, if you pay for that, say caviar in the morning, that's basically 50% off because that's part of the debt 
on your relationship. Mm. So if that person goes into a holiday, that that is a consumable. You can't just you know undo the the holiday and repay it back. It's not like you're buying an asset and then it gets. Wait, so there are financial planners out there giving that kind of advice. Uh, not all of them, I guess. Very few. I would, I would oh. estimate maybe one. <laughs> we <laughs> we have ways. <laughs> we have ways, Laura and Pedro. The courts yeah. awake up to that. Uh, so yes, you'll often get whoever happens to be holding the purse strings immediately after separation, having a lovely time, overseas yep. trips, lingerie for new girlfriends, whatever it is. Uh, but those um, chickens come home to roost. Because if the court yeah. will add them back, they'll say, okay, we can see that you spent $100,000 in the year since separation, Mr. Such and Such. Um, what did you spend it on? And things like those holidays and, and the lingerie and so forth, uh, the court will add it back in as a notional asset usually. and Or they will say to that person, well, mate, you've just taken uh, what your holiday cost twenty thousand. Well, that's the first twenty thousand off your share. Um, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. So it, oh, really? that financial advisor was wrong. The court's pretty clever. Would, yeah, would, yeah, Lynn, would that apply if they're still together but not technically separated? No. It doesn't apply. When you're together, the court says, look, it swings and roundabouts. If you're together and a business does very well, you take that profit. If it bombs out, you lose it. If someone's taking holidays and you're still a couple, it's assumed that it's with your acquiescence, you know, that you're agreed. So if someone had some – sorry, if your part, your ex – but you hadn't split yet, knew he was going to split with you and then started mm. doing all these crazy spending. Correct. Wow. That, that could be Because that, that was at that flag. point. Yeah, with that, that was at the point that individual oh. just came to us. So they hadn't he, separated. They haven't yet. separated. Okay. He just was crying because he was pretty much on the day. Okay. And that's why that was the advice is that, well, if, if you go and, you know, get yourself some caveat. So I guess the lesson from that is look out for red flags, but also if, if you separate mum... From when, yes. what's the date of separation technically? Uh, it's a tricky one. Some people separate under one roof. Uh, it's not, cover your ears, Pedro, it's not just oh. when you stop sleeping together. <laughs> uh, it's it, under one roof. Some people have separate. <laughs> I love to embarrass my daughter. Um, <laughs> some people awesome. have separate bedrooms and they're still a couple. So the, it's a kind of a, a an accumulation effect. Sometimes it's, of course, the big sort of blow up and someone moves out and that's it. But there's often a sort of period of separation under one roof. So the court just looks at that um, if you were just yeah. rolling along. So if this person had that holiday, and I'm saying it was a $20,000 holiday, if mm. he did it, in the, in the week or weeks before they separated, I think the court would add that back. If he did it like six months before they separated and they were still sort of going out as a couple after, well, then I think that's just part of the cost of, of the marriage. It was an agreed expense. So there, it's mm. quite um, – it, the courts take a long time looking at the history of the relationship, financial history. And that was a comment I wanted to make before, actually, now I think about it. Um, When you talked about checking out to see what's going on um, with the finances, it has to make sense. Sometimes Mm. um, we have to look back years because the Family Law Act looks at 
what people had at the beginning of the relationship, what they yeah. brought in during the relationship. There might have been money for a personal injuries claim. Um, some of that might have been spent for wage, like to compensate living expenses while someone was working. So it's all of an interesting sliding scale. Um, mm. But you, you financial advisors are absolutely crucial for us because we know the law for sure, but lawyers are by and large word people. And we can't keep up with the tax laws and all those yeah. other laws, you know, no matter how good we are. So it, you have to work hand in hand with the financial advisor um, to get the best outcome for your client. So we might even put um, some links in the show notes uh, if you can't find a financial advisor. I have a feeling there uh, is a list of government free ones somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially for people who are you know, in, yeah. in financial abuse or domestic violence. So we'll have a look and we'll put them in the show notes. That is well. correct. And some charities. With, yes. Yeah, and especially with COVID as well. Um, there's the uh, advisor ratings. Uh, this is an independent um, company that basically it's like the dual, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, I forgot the name of it, but they just, your clients will be able to leave a review for you and it's in a third-party scenario. So... Mm-hmm. Basically, they come to they come together and, and it's called Together Australia. So we've given pro bono back to Australians that have been going through COVID. Okay. But as that type, that most likely will find places that are for financial abuse. Yeah. So we've had that. I, I guess I've had a couple in the past two years. That yeah, you just you just got to give it back. You literally have to help out, and it somehow comes back to you. Oh, you sound like a good financial planner, not Thank the you. evil one. Yeah. No, there's very few of us now. There, there's just actually the, the the industry is shrinking as we speak. There's like less. I think the average is around fifty advisors leaving the industry uh, per week. Oh, yeah, because of the um, educational requirements, the experience required. It's just tougher and tougher. They're just cracking to, down on it. Correct. Yeah. So whichever is left at the end of this um, in the next few years. Look, I would I would consider them a very special kind of advisors. Okay, cool. All <laughs> yeah. right. So, lastly, before we go, um, so we've got we we know what financial abuse is. We, mm. you know, we've looked at red flags. Um, we've found a way to hopefully get some free financial advice about your retirement, etc., and hopefully about your money in general. Mm. Um, what? Do you need to, you know, get a hold of your finances instead of relying on someone else? What What are some tips or some advice you could give to people who are, you know, really, especially, you know, people that have been in a relationship for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, yeah, they've yeah. never touched anything, you know, they've they had a Dolomites account and then they've yeah. moved on and that's all <laughs> they've ever done. Yeah. What, 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 what kind of things can you tell our listeners to you know start doing yeah i guess that the first thing would be to to at least mildly understand your finances so the home finances so where does the money comes in where does it comes out how do you pay what cards do you use not just rely on yet the money comes in and out and you spend it what bank um what's your or your partner's salary just a general something like super simple but it does help a lot because when you're under a lot of stress, it's extremely hard to get knowledge in. Whereas if you calm down, you know, you're just doing your research, just piecing stuff together, it makes sense, it's easier. So when you talk to a practitioner, either a financial planner or, or a lawyer, 
it's easier. Like, yeah, no, I get paid here. He pays that there. We should have these. Um, so it, obviously, we will do our, our, our due diligence. We'll try to you know do our forensic accounting. We'll do some subpoenas and etc. But you have some understanding that will help the situation a bit more. Um, just going to save you a lot of money too, correct. isn't it, Mum? If they come to you after they've seen a financial planner with all oh, the details yes. and all the information, is that right? Absolutely, absolutely, and and the. It, it makes it quicker for them to compl- – we need to fill in forms like financial statements for the court. Mm. Um, and it's surprising the difference in people. Some people are amazing. They know precisely how much they're paying on on mm. different items and they're able to work it out. And I remember one lady years ago, uh, she had even budgeted her vet's worming – the worming tablets for her dog in her budget. But do you know what? Um, she was able to, even though she was on a very low salary, she was able to get a loan to buy her, the house that, that she was already living in. And I think if she hadn't been so good with money, she wouldn't have been able to. So it's very helpful if they can get a handle on their finances. And do you know what? I think Pedro gives people hope that they, they, they're very frightened if they haven't managed their own money. They don't know how it's going to happen. And, and I know that you're able to give people a lot of hope of the future. And there's something powerful about taking control of your money and just being grown up. Agree. Agree. 100%. And, and with that in mind as well is, is we've said this across this podcast, but just never sign anything you do not understand. So not just freewheelly, just sign stuff. Just do not, you do not understand. And I will, I will advise you to step away from it. Just, Understand what you're signing. I know some of these documents are pages and pages long and you're like, yeah, sure, I sign here. I understand roughly what it means. No, step away. There's no rush for anything. Usually decisions that are that rush might come back and haunt you. Well, that's a red flag. Correct. Like if they say you need to sign this by the end of the day, then why is something that urgent to be signed by the end of the day? I'm with you. These are, um, as a South American, um, don't trust my my shadow, but (laughs) it it always, the red flags are urgency. Something Mm. is urgent. Why? Mm. Yeah, and also... Also, um, the more more agitated uh, your mm. partner or your ex becomes about it, the more worried you should be, um, and so and that seems to be a pattern. Um, often, money, Pedro, isn't as good as as uh, you would think it is. You know, if one person's been managing the finances and things haven't been going very well, they may conceal the the um, extent of the carnage from their other p- party. So, exactly right. Uh, yeah, so you don't want to be throwing sort of your house into the mix if it's never been cross-securitized with the business before. Uh, you just need to be very careful. Yep, Absolutely. I agree with um, you. I, I, I say to many, just, just it's, it sounds cliche, but just trust your gut feeling. Yeah. That gut feeling tells you this just doesn't make sense. Step away from it. Step away from complexity. Don't sign anything you do not understand. Trust your gut feeling. Yeah. Um, sometimes this helps a lot that everything is in joint names because it's clear you have access to it and anyone can explain because you do have the authority to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So if accounts are just in the, the, the husband's name and you just keep out the loop, that's a red flag too. I would. I would I, it depends as well. This is very general, but it always depends. Sometimes it is in, in someone's best interest to have accounts under one individual's name other than the joint because of the tax, so marginal tax rates, 
for example, a female that has just had birth and she's not going to earn money for 12 months or whatever time. Yeah, sometimes it's great to put savings in her name because you don't, you may not pay tax depending on your situation. But personally, if everything is in joint names, loans, any financial commitments, um, I think that's, 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 that's good practice uh, because if something happens to you, you're not locked up. You mm. can always go to the bank and say, hey, um, where what's going on? And I think I've seen a couple of situations in my lifetime where, you know, someone's been stuck, they are in financial abuse, but they don't realise it, you know, and they're, they're kind of separated, living under one roof, um, and the, the, the partner slash ex-partner says, you know, you, I will let you have this amount of money if you sign this document, which is our financial agreement. Correct. You know, and that person might not have any idea how much money that person has. Like you might be, if you've been out of the loop for 10 years, mm. you might own four houses in, you know, Mexico or you yeah. might, or, or, you know, Venezuela, you might own seven boats and and yeah. have, you know, goodness knows what in shares or you might have massive debt and don't sign anything because someone's saying, I'll, gi- I'll give you some money now if you do this. If you are under financial stress and you are still with your partner or even, you know, have split and he's not giving you any money, um, there are ways to, you know, help, isn't there, mum, without having to give in to what they want. That's right. That's right. It, it is sometimes trusting your gut, Pedro, I couldn't have said it better, um, trusting your gut if it doesn't seem right. But sometimes with financial abuse, uh, the woman has been in this relationship for quite some time. Uh, it's become normal for them to just sign yeah. things and yeah, and correct. yes and and so um, especially if they've had a few kids in a short period of time you know and they've been busy um, and and so when that happens it's very hard for them to go hang on wait a minute is this okay or that's you know so so um, don't be embarrassed if you've been doing signing things and and letting it slide don't be embarrassed we can always sort it out uh, first of all we need to know what you've got what he's got, then we take the history, then people like Pedro can also help you plan for the future and then, you know, we can untangle the knot. I'm sure a lot of people are happier running their own lives with their own money um, after being in a terrible marriage or a financially abusive marriage, even if it isn't as much as they thought. It's just that being able to hold your head up and know where you are financially. Correct. I, I give this advice based on many of my friends going overseas, especially females that go on their own. I said, it's better to look crazy than dead. Literally, just scream. Like, if everything just doesn't make sense, scream. Because what, what's, no one knows you. Like, like you said, Lynn, it's just embarrassing, but that's it. You're there. So the same applies to your gut feeling on, on, on this type of documents that you might sign. Like, just doesn't seem right. It's better to look crazy or just, just embarrassing in situation than, having a lot of hurt and pain after you sign that document. Mm. So get oh. a second guess. I think I'll embroider that on a plaque for my office. <laughs> <laughs> better to look crazy it's than better to look crazy. <laughs> yeah. Then that's right. Yeah. Again, South American in me. Just <laughs> don't don't die of embarrassment. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I think we might have to wrap it up there because yeah. we have over talked again, mother. Um, oh, <laughs> but I wanted to say thank you so much to Pedro for coming. Yeah, that's and right, thank you, Mum. I know that you've um, been busy, and and there's been a, a horrible passing away recently in family law. So I know that that's been really hard for you. Um, but thank you for your time, Mum. You're welcome. You're welcome, and, and thank you, Pedro. Lovely to talk to you. Yeah. You too. Yeah, this is great. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really, really passionate that you know you two are, are given um, this this time away, and and obviously whoever's listening to this, it hopefully has taken a lot of knowledge uh, that can be applied to your life or to a friend or who knows so it's yeah, yeah it's all about you know helping the community for for for, to, for the better and stay tuned because we will hopefully if pedro will come back yes. we will do uh an additional on it uh looking after your finances during yes. divorce uh during the separation that really painful time Correct. and then also finances after setting up restarting your new life so yeah if you are interested in listening to that stay tuned they will be coming up um thanks mum right have a thanks, lovely Laura. Evening, All right. thanks pedro bye if you found this podcast helpful we'd love it if you could rate review and subscribe by doing so you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020.